Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, White Sox fans. Uh, Bring in super, super enthusiasm for uh, Sox Populi podcast number 162. It's been a while. I believe the last official mothership podcast we had was welcoming in uh, 101 losses. I believe Dante Jones and Joe Reese's were both on that podcast. Crystal Keefe, extremely wise in sidestepping that, laying down and avoiding that one completely. Not that she hasn't felt more than more pain over those 101 losses than the rest of us. She covered more games, unfortunately, was forced like to pay of them. more attention than maybe the rest of us put together. So I think we're going to give her a pass for that one. Hey, we're doing a podcast because. Um, well, you know, we're saying goodbye to a couple, uh, beloved, um, White Sox and that's the premise for this podcast. Don't know where else it will go and how much cussing will be involved, but, uh, Dante Jones, Crystal O'Keefe and California hippie Joe Reese's are joining me on number 162. And of course the, I guess the headline is... <laughs> Liam Hendricks uh, is going to be paid out in his uh, 1.5 million annuity for 10 years, uh, announced with impeccable White Sox timing the day after. He is celebrated as comeback player of the year in the major leagues, uh, well-deserved, well-heralded. But of course, the White Sox have to uh, spit in that cupcake almost immediately and then held the news about because i'm sure they were really deliberating about what to do with tim anderson and there was probably a lot of really intense um heartfelt emotional debate in the sweet class there at 35th and shields over whether to keep tim anderson or drop him like a bag of wet laundry and that is exactly what they did one day later after the flurry of i think four other moves uh so we are entering 2024 without liam hendricks Without Tim Anderson, that pretty much takes 67% roughly of the star power of the White Sox uh, away. I, again, understanding Tim Anderson was god-awful, third worst, worst season war-wise for a hitter in White Sox history, not this century, not this decade, not post-rebuild. No, that's in history. So, I mean, it's hard to lament and defend too much just based on 2023, but we're not basing it on 2023. We're also basing it on who in the world will fill the vacuum in the middle infield for the White Sox. I imagine we'll address some of that, but I guess uh, to kick it off, no reason necessarily go in order with my guests or with the players release, but certainly we are here to talk about the loss of Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks. So initial thoughts from any of you. I mean, I saw both of these coming from a mile away. Uh, I'm personally happy for Tim that he can get away from the cesspool. Um, And I mean, Liam hurts, but he probably wasn't going to be back until at least August anyway. So I, these moves were very obvious from the get go, but I mean, it doesn't make it hurt less. Right. Still painful. So, um, I mean, I love Tim. I would still, I still to this day will defend Tim Anderson. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. We don't have any like relevant jerseys in my house now. 
buy more. That's what they want. That's what they want uh, with the youth movement. Um, okay, so let's twist this question um, or this this opening to Dante and Joe here because Crystal admits not being terribly surprised. I actually would have. I mean, no, I'm. <laughs> I can't divine. I'm no whisperer of this front office, so who really knows what the guess was? But I would have thought the Tim Anderson pickup was um, not the most unsound move. And frankly, you're paying Liam either way. You flip him, you know, whatever. I, I could have easily seen both being picked up, really, um, as much as it isn't a shock to see they're not because <laughs> they're taking a new direction for 2024. So I guess I'll I'll throw it to Dante and Joe, in terms of just let's frame it as uh, were either one of these surprised? Uh, did either one of these guys being gone, you know, uh, yeah, creep up on you? Um, like Crystal said, I would say not surprised at all, unfortunately, because one, the White Sox front office is a bunch of idiots running around with the like chickens with their heads cut off. Two, and more importantly, like we said, Liam isn't going to be available until August, and it's very, in my opinion, very shitty to dump him, let him go right after he gets this great award for surviving cancer and returning and being useful when he was able to pitch. Now, Tim, on the other, on the other hand, it's – I get the business decision. I get it because at the end of the day, yeah, he was horrible in 2023, and he wasn't Tim Anderson of old in 2022. But, one, as you said, Brett, who's going to play second base? Because I don't think Colson Montgomery's ready to play – I mean, shortstop. I don't think Colson Montgomery's ready to play shortstop. Hell, if you wanted to go sign a second baseman or a shortstop, you could keep Tim Madison and move him to the other one. And, you know, names. Names do matter. They're what bring people to the ballpark. And the White Sox have, what, one in Luis Roberts? I guess two of you count Dylan Cease, but that's in the eye of the beholder. That's maxing it out. I mean, it's no more than two. Yeah. Let's like, that's the most you get. Yeah. And, unfortunately, we know our supposedly favorite franchise. I don't know that they're not – trying to make themselves our favorites right now. But we know they're not going to sign anyone of note. Like, I'm going to probably later in the month write something about the fact that they're not going to sign anybody, but there's plenty of people that they need to sign. We saw it in 2022 when they didn't sign any other – last year and this year when they signed no shortstops to mm-hmm. play second base or vice versa, have Tim play second base for them. Mm-hmm. We've seen that – Pitching depth doesn't matter. You just pick up a guy and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work. Um, don't let yeah. the door hit you with the lower split to a certain certain someone. Crystal, thank you for the um, yearly contributions yes. all year, yes. making sure that domestic violence um, is something that we actually care about here, unlike the MLB. I didn't yeah. keep track, but someone said I've donated over $500 this season just yeah. from him pitching. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's- and that's how you balance out evil is by doing good. So thank yeah. you for that. We want to make sure we got that in there because you do. Well said. For thankfully inspiring plenty of us to do the same. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, Tim being gone sucks. Liam being gone sucks. Uh, I guess I have like I have a Tim Madison jersey on now. I guess I have to go get a Louise Roberts jersey, and it'll be useful for three years until he gets cut or traded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can get one without the junior. You know, a, a classic one, and maybe that's more at a discount. I don't know. White Sox won't like like you doing that. Uh, Super Joe, uh, either one of these take you by surprise? You think there was a chance of even both coming back? 
I was not surprised by either of them. Um, it, these were difficult players to cut ties with, absolutely. Um, I really take no pleasure in seeing either of them no longer on the White Sox. Um, I mean, yeah, but am I surprised? Uh, not really for either of them. I mean, yeah, Hendricks, we discussed already. He's out for an extended period of time. Um, plus, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, the whole inflation being um, a, a factor of, like, you know, if we, you pay him $1.5 million a year, then, you know, that last bit of it is due to inflation. It'll, you know, the $1.5 million in 10 years is going to be less valuable than if you would just pay him that now. So maybe that was also slightly considered. Um, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. That, um, but oh, um, What about the PR of becoming, you know, of, of a mini Bobby, uh, Bobby Bonilla deal? Yeah. Hey, it's the last year of paying. Liam Hendricks is, they had to pry it from Jerry's 98-year-old hand, but he got that last $1.5 Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, as for Anderson, yeah, I am extremely grateful for his time on the White Sox. I mean, so many good memories from him. Um, obviously, you know, the, you know the, the game in Iowa 2021, of course, is probably number one on the list, but, you know, 2020, they lost, you know, the series against Oakland, but, you know, it can't really be overstated how well he played during the White Sox first playoff series in 12 years, um, you know, you know winning, leading the majors in batting average. I mean, he really had a lot of accomplishments that are, it, it's difficult, very difficult to do what he did. And um, yeah, he, he will very much be missed, but yeah, at, at that price tag with the way that he had been performing in the last year and a half, it doesn't surprise me that they decided to decline the option. But yeah, definitely, you know, it won't be this, the same team next year without him, though. My job, in case you've been wondering for 160-something podcast, what my job is, I mean, really, I'm just riffing here. I don't really know what it is either. But my job, at least at this moment, because I just thought of it, is to ch challenge this panel. And I'm going to challenge them on two rounds, throwing information back at them. We're going to start with Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, uh, if you're not familiar, I think everyone probably should be familiar, uh, either gets paid $15 million to pitch for the White Sox in 2024, or he gets $15 million drawn out over 10 years in one of the strangest, strangest bidding against themselves free agent uh, addendums. Uh, White Sox seemed on the verge of getting Liam for, I believe, their desired three years. And then suddenly a mystery team, which apparently duped Rick Hahn into adding another year with this strength. And his concession was, okay, well, we want this option to do the strange Bobby Bonilla annuity thing, or just to pay you as the world-class closer you are and liam said okay yeah sure that's 15 more million more dollars for me and i'm you know i'm getting to be an old aussie so you know let's do it um okay uh, all of you were not surprised that they did this not that necessarily your hearts or if you were gms you would have necessarily made the same move you certainly weren't surprised by the front office i think a very easy argument can be made that a you have to pay the money anyway unlike tim anderson and we're going to get to him um he is coming back i mean that's not a guarantee but He's feisty. <laughs> he probably is already pitching. <laughs> we just don't, and now the White Sox can't tell him no, right? He's not on the team anymore. He's probably already throwing like 90. Okay, whatever. But I mean, clearly he's going to be chomping at the bit. I believe the speculation was in, in our article on site is like by May, he's going to be chomping to get to Charlotte. Uh, presumably he's going to do better on his rehab than he even did in 2023. 
uh, down there because he already had the broken elbow. You know, he already needed the surgery. Apparently he's needed the surgery for years, like since he was 15, but okay. So now he's, he's stronger than ever. He can like raise his hand above his arm, above his head again or whatever. I'm guessing that's going to lead to better pitching. And uh, okay. So if the White Sox are contending, okay, they're not going to be, but there's going to be a situation it's converging where he is going to be in a state of some, some state of readiness, if not true readiness to pitch uh, around the trade deadline. So the notion that you can't do him, a, do him a service by trading him to a contender, even though now he can choose whoever he wants, but he'll have an, he'll have the option now to say, okay, well, I can, you know, I can really sit in the front seat and check out who it is I want to go to if if a trade gets to be made versus just guessing that, say, the Boston Red Sox are going to contend next year or whatever. Um, and, you know, you pull maybe a, a prospect or two, especially if you trade them to a team like a richer team like the Dodgers who can just afford to, like, give prospects away because they have a great system, uh, take on money because they don't care, they set it on fire. Um, that said... Um, is the smart move to have not employed. Okay. And, and I'm not even mentioning, because let me talk a little longer. Uh, I'm not even mentioning the fact that he's obviously a great teammate. He's one of the few leaders, clubhouse leaders, White Sox have. Um, he can re, you know, he's familiar. He, he want, he stated he wanted to stay. Now, granted, is that just PR because Scott Merkin or whoever asks you, okay, maybe, but he, he said publicly he wants to come back and, you know, Liam, Liam usually it's not it doesn't leave a lot of gray area his you know when he says that that probably means he wanted to come back unfinished business whatever that was going to mean <laughs> maybe it was just let's see if it can get worse but you know in contrast even to Tim Anderson where you're not certain what you're going to get necessarily off the field in the clubhouse I mean he's he's not necessarily the vocal leader we'll get to him in a minute uh and that's not chastising him at all clearly Liam is a different sort of cat and he's a guy who's probably only going to bring positivity and then of course to the community as well it's just an just an ace uh to have a guy like him with you, you gotta pay him anyway uh there's there's a chance of flipping him the chance of using them when the White Sox are contending in an AL Central where the division leader has uh, a 300, uh, 350 winning percentage um, going into August. So if you're paying them anyway, is a smart move to hold on to them? Or do you see the logic and get behind um, the White Sox decision to do what they did, which is say, get out of here, Liam? Um, coming from a standpoint of their PR is so abysmal right now if they were to keep someone around who just survived cancer just had tommy john surgery and mentioned that he wanted to be there and is loved by the entire city of chicago and probably the entire entity of major league baseball i don't know a person that can actually say something bad about liam um for that alone i think it would have been worth keeping him because they are down deep right now and that was like the only yeah the only joy on the team um was how empowering it was for him i mean again he just got comeback player of the year he just survived Mm -hmm. cancer um so i think it was really snaky of them to even do what they did but just on that standpoint alone there they should have kept him on mm-hmm. so that he could be the loving presence in the clubhouse mm-hmm. and 
maybe make the White Sox look sort of good for a day. Yeah. Well, let me cut in and just say, because Chris was just mentioned it, I mentioned it about the timing. I mean, I'm talking about the next day timing. Clearly, White Sox did have to make a decision. It's 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 they're legally bound to make the decision. It was gonna have to come relatively soon. It was gonna have to come relatively close to the announcement of comeback player of the year. But the idea that you do it the next day and the, the idea that you do it all, that's what I'm challenging Joe and Dante on now too. Uh Crystal seems to see the logic uh clearly in keeping them around on the field or what you can get in a prospect aside just to have to say that guy's on your team when you got 24 25 other guys who are them and again no dissonance you know some of them are just they're they're, they're not they're vanilla they're nothing right uh luis robert uh you know is a, is a superstar uh, mvp candidate but i mean he's 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 not that guy uh, yet he may never be that guy uh joe and dante uh feelings about uh, the idea of just the strategic element of this aside from the uh the inflation which you know which you know right store is somehow counting on even though he'll be dust by then uh the the, the strategy of maybe holding on to him for 2024 i would have just liked to do it because of as everybody else has said positivity like from the get from the start i loved having liam hendrix here simply because you know as a straight man myself, I'm happy. I was so happy to see another person that identifies the same as me. There's a willing ally that doesn't put themselves in front of LGBT communities in terms of trying to make themselves the face, but someone that's an active helper, somebody that said that the White Sox and everything they do for the community is one of the reasons he came here. Somebody that's proven time and time again to be a great person and to be a clubhouse leader something that the White Sox have desperately needed just in general besides Jose Abreu because it's good to have more than one as much as <laughs> I tell think? you that there's only one leader. It's great to have more than one leader in the yeah. clubhouse, and Liam Hendricks was that for this team. Whether it was him firing up people from the mound, from the bullpen, or, hey, even if he was in the dugout for whatever reason, you need guys like that in the locker room. And, hey, he might not be able to pitch. The White Sox are not going to be a good team next year, so who cares if he can pitch? Sometimes you can't keep people because keeping them makes it so people actually want to root for your team to win. That's true. That's true. Like, Dante, he wanted Larusa sent him to pin, out to, to pinch run. I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to hit. He yeah, wanted to like, run. I mean, okay, so he doesn't need his arm. It run. Yeah, he he loves doing. He loves baseball. He loved being a White Sox as far as we could tell. More than a lot of people have. We like yeah. we, we hear about Dallas Keuchel complaining. We hear about other people complaining. Jake sure. Berger hasn't made any big bad comments but i'm sure he has his issues because he was part of the 2023 yeah, club he coach. said it without saying it sure exactly and at the end of the day sign like if you sign someone if you got and paid them anyway why not just get over with in one year just pay them out maybe you get to trade them maybe you don't but if you don't get to trade them you still got a great locker room presence so all in all i would if i was the gm i would have kept liam because there's 50 other issues this team has and in a league with no salary cap, there's no point of just salary dumping someone. Exactly. All right. Uh, Joe's laid out the uh, the interest-bearing aspects of this, which, yes, of course, right, that, that dollar is just going to be worth that 1.5 is going to be worth so much less in 2033 when he collects his last paycheck. But, Joe, uh, strategically – uh, do you see any logic to holding on to the guy, or is it, or is it, or, or maybe is it just you can you can sense a little bit with Getz here? It's like, man, I want a clean break. This team, I want this to be my team, and to, for him to be eager to put his stamp on the team is frightening the hell out of me. But that said, I mean, he, he does seem to be want to sort of push out some of that old 
blood. And I guess even the good guys get pushed out too, if they happen to have just, you know, one healthy arm. So uh, what's your thinking here? Oh yeah, I absolutely understand the, the logic that they would have had if they had decided to bring him back. And I would have been happy with that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, Liam Hendricks, I mean, we have every indication that he's a great member of the community, a good clubhouse leader, as, as far as we can tell. And the White Sox this year really lacked positive storylines. Um, certainly when he came back and pitched that first oh day, especially, that was one of those rare good moments that we we had. And We could forget we were White Sox fans for a while, Joe. We really exactly. could. Um, and you know, I feel like in 2024, had he, you know, let's say he came back in August from the injury and uh, you know, I feel like there would have been a similar moment, maybe not quite as, mm -hmm. as much of a positive sure. vibe, but pretty, it would have been up there. I would, I would have mm -hmm. said like, it would have been a cool moment. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the White Sox just don't have a lot of good players right now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I, like, if I was forced to make the decision, I, it, I probably would have, opted toward bringing him back. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really have a strong preference either way. And for the record, I don't care really about Jerry Reinsdorf's personal finances. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I can make that clear. I know you don't. <laughs> but, for you. but yeah, I absolutely understand the, the reason to want mm -hmm. him back. Yeah. And let's make it clear. Um, yeah, he'd take up a roster spot. He takes he takes up a roster spot in the offseason, but he's on the 60 uh, the, the 60 day IL. So once the season starts, he doesn't count toward the rush. And wait, if you're really worrying about the White Sox having to give up spot, like lose the, their 40th guy on the roster, and that's going to be some kind of key loss, like Tyler Naquin or Clint Frazier, then really what's wrong with you? You should probably listen to a dumber podcast than, than even this one, because there's something wrong with you if you're worried about that. The White Sox aren't at that place where it's like, oh, no, roster crunch. I mean, temporarily, yes, he'd be back on the roster right now if they decided to pick him up. But then as soon as, you know, he's still going to be rehabbing. So as soon as February or March or whenever they got to switch it back, yeah, then he he disappears off of that roster. It's not going to be an issue until like August. Um, so, you know, don't think that way. That's silly. Tim Anderson is a trick. Hey, all right, wait, hold on. We don't know how long this is go. I haven't even heard any barking. So the, the promised second half of the podcast, which will just be Willow O'Keefe barking, maybe with, um, you know, Billy trying to calm her down. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. So we should probably take a break now and we're going to get back to Tim Anderson because what else we got to talk about uh, in just a second. Hang with us in one minute after Fans First Sports Network sells you something. Please listen. I promise we'll be back. White Sox fans, I don't all, I usually neglect to identify myself, even though if you're watching, you can see my name right there on the screen. I'm Brett Valentini. I'm hosting Sox Populi. We're derived from the Latin. Sox Pop 162. We're talking about Tim Anderson. We're talking about Liam Hendricks. We've covered Liam in some great detail. Uh, I have, along with my esteemed, wonderful, delightful guests, Dante Jones, Crystal O'Keefe, and hippie Joseph Rhesus. Uh, we have made some claims. We've made some bold statements. I think we are fairly unanimous in our assent and support for Liam Hendricks and the fact that he should still be on the White Sox roster. All right. Okay. You whiffed on that one. Uh, Saturday came the announcement that the White Sox would not be picking Tim Anderson's contract option up. They're 
tucking a million dollars in his pocket and sending him on his way to one of the other 29 teams. Oh, I suppose they can bring him back if his market is, is awful. I guess they could. Doesn't seem like they will because they have 20 middle infield prospects uh, raring to go. Uh, none of which you could say, how could it get worse? He was a negative, whatever, two war player last year. How could that be worse? Okay, well, just <laughs> settle in for 2024 because if Jose Rodriguez is your 120 game starter or uh, Lenin Sosa, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not dissing those guys and their career prospects, but I'm really not sure they're going to get to 0.0. .0. Uh, much less positive. I'd love to be surprised. We saw the Oscar Colas experience. I'm not saying those guys are the same prospects, but let's just throw them generally saying they've, they've been trained by the same personnel. So I'm guessing um, none, none of them are going to burst out as rookie of the year candidates or uh, most improved player candidates. So that said, let's move our attention to Tim Anderson. Much less clear-cut case here. It's $14 million, I believe, that they didn't have. $13 million of that, I believe, is $14 million option. $13 million of that, they would not have to pay. So that, that's, that's, that's a commitment you're making if you pick him up for 2024. That, and if he gives you a negative two-war season, you know, you're tearing your hair out because that's, that's a terrible, terrible buy. Not that a Rick Hahn-led team for, uh, for a decade should really be shocked at that. They do that like routinely. They do that on a yearly basis. So Tim Anderson would just be their guy for 2024. Um, risk, certainly. Um, no notion that you that he would come back and you'd say, okay, great. Uh, we want to sign him and make him a career White Sox or a forever White Sox. Um, no guarantee that he does well enough that you could flip him for something. I'm certainly not at 14 million. That's not nothing. Um, so it's certainly less of a no-brainer, but given that there's no, given that the fact that Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson being released and turned into free agent immediately becomes the best free agent the White Sox could sign at shortstop, means that there's not already there's no Marcus Simeon you know out there uh, to pick up to bolster. And I know the White Sox are going to go you know internal here, but it seems like some you know, a fairly limited risk to hold on to Tim. I know a clean break or whatever. This is the team he's known. The White Sox at least used to have his back, it seems. Uh, so again, same question with Liam. Um, is there logic to having him here, whether to perform for this team, to, 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 to keep him in that Smithside uniform for another year? Um, or... Do you, as GM, putting your GM shoes, not your uh, White Sox whispers uh, shoes, uh, in your GM shoes, do you still see it as a solid move to just dump them because we have, I don't know, Lenin Sosa around the corner? I mean, we've seen what happens when the White Sox decide to go to the bargain bin option over yes, the last have. few years. Rick Hahn doesn't know how, the difference between bargain bin and the dumpster. So <laughs> I personally would have kept Tim Anderson simply because – if nothing else, in the second half, when he finally got healthy, he was actually a pretty solid player. He could have had a much worse war had he not gotten fully healthy. But And we all know that the White Sox are the greatest medical staff in the history <laughs> of sports. And, you know, Phantom IL stints just aren't a thing because everybody's healthy at all times. But business-wise, I guess I get it. And personally, as Crystal said, and as I've said in articles before, I'm happy for Tim. He doesn't have to be a White Sox anymore. I would have loved him to be a career White Sox. I think before 2022, really even before 2023, we'll all think of Tim Addison as a career White Sox. But at this point, 
He's gone. He's probably not going to come back, even though the White Sox, like you say, he's the best option on the market for shortstop. I don't know what internal option the White Sox think they have that is going to outperform Tim Anderson if Tim Anderson could be even half of what he was in 2021. I don't know if you can replace the poster child of the rebuild, the person who has been known as the face of the White Sox since 2019. Even when uh, Brayu's having better seasons, Tim Madison was the guy for the face of the team. So, you know, they talk about leadership. They did a lot of talking about leadership when they made the post about letting Yasmani and Elvis walk. And I'm like, Yasmani and Elvis, those two for leadership? Elvis has was here for a year and a half. He's older. I guess that's the reason you got to call him a leader, but just because you're old doesn't make you a leader. He came up with the duster in the dugout. You know, come on, that's leadership, man. <laughs> and then Yasmani. What are they going to do this year? Yasmani, from what we've heard, we don't know if it's true or not, but from what we've heard, just wanted to go home and wanted to take a break for the All-Star break and was mad that Tim told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Chef told him, as a leader of the team, to go fuck himself. Yes, I don't want anybody on the in the locker room that doesn't want to be here. So, you know, we're going to let Tim walk and people are going to make their stupid comments about Tim and say he was a bad person for the clubhouse. He was this and he was that. They didn't have any of these comments to say when he was hitting 335, leading all of the major leagues in average. They didn't have any of this to say whenever they see him doing all the great community work he's do- he's been doing. They just see him hanging out with rappers like any other famous person does, and they say he's a thug. They's, he got into a fight on the baseball field, which, hey, he got knocked out. It was bad. But guess <laughs> what? He ain't the first boy sock to get knocked out on the baseball field. And they hear about his personal life not going well. And instead of thinking we should protect the guy that's been the cornerstone of the franchise for the better part of six years, mm-hmm. we're just going to dump on him and try to make it as bad as humanly possible. Tim has a lot more grace than a lot of people for commenting on the White Sox post about him saying, thank you, I miss Chicago. Because mm-hmm. if it was me, I would have just been like, hey, man, thanks. I, thanks. Bye. Fuck y'all for not liking me anymore. Bye. Well, this is an ellipsis. This is an ongoing situation. I'm going to guess he's going to have something to say. He's just going to land somewhere first. But point taken. I mean, certainly, uh, I think he's he's always – He's always been that. I mean, who doesn't want to flip off Cleveland fans? I mean, nobody, yeah. nobody's going to get on him for that. I mean, no, I think he's actually, given everything that's swirled around him, he's been a pretty composed guy. He's, he's been very composed, and he's been a he was a great White Sox. Then his on the field wasn't as good, so everybody decided to look at his off mm-hmm. the field as if he was, you know, they were supporting a literal criminal, somebody that was only not legally charged. <laughs> we know we have seen substantial evidence of being a bad person. Several of these people have existed. Mm-hmm. Yet Tim Madison has his things that have been discussed. And he's now the worst person. He's a thug. He doesn't care about the White Sox anymore. He gave up on a team. And I've seen so many idiotic comments coming from people just about Tim. That like, as Crystal said, I'm going to try to protect him as much as I can because he deserves it as a human. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a lot of fans lose sight of the fact that we are talking about human beings, not robots. Mm-hmm. So that's my piece on things for now. Well, Dante, as we all know, but as you know, <laughs> more than the rest of us, <laughs> you know why. So 
Uh, it's a sad statement. And yes, it's 2024, by the way. Update. It's the year 2024. Uh, Joe and Crystal, thoughts on the strategic aspect of holding on to Tim Anderson or just the, frankly, production aspect? Mm, I'm not sure if somebody, I mean, certainly Colson Montgomery is not playing shortstop for the White Sox uh, next year, certainly not breaking out of April and probably not the best. I mean, people going gaga for Colson Montgomery, and I don't you know, want to pour cold water on that because he's our number one guy, no doubt, but it's, you know, he's, he's not breaking down the door uh, to the south side of Chicago. Question. So, you know. How much did Colson even play in the minors last year? Didn't he have like half the season off? He did miss a, a big chunk of the start, which is part of the reason why he's playing in the fall. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so yeah, um, there's some issues. Wilson Montgomery is not just saving this year, White Sox fans. I'm sorry to tell you, but don't rush him. You saw what happened when you rushed Oscar. <laughs> rush everybody. You see what yeah. happens. I'm kind of, I'm in a very similar camp with Dante. I think contract wise, it, it made sense. And like I said, I, I saw it coming. Um, but, there is no one behind him. There is no one available. And I have no trust in the front office to find anybody that can even compare to his production, you know, especially when you think back to 2020 through 2022 when he was unstoppable. Um, and he was always going to be, unfortunately, just a big victim of the incredibly racist remarks that fans are going to do. I call them like the men taking selfies in their car with their sunglasses on, like on Twitter. He's He was always going to be their target, no matter what he did. Um, you know, you, you can't please anybody, but you could also maybe not be racist for like your franchise all-star player who's won batting titles and has defended the city and I mean, does he, he was one of those other guys that they really did a lot of great things for not only Chicago, but um, you know, it was down, he's from Georgia. I think uh, they were doing all that stuff at Thanksgiving, him and yep. Bria were yep. there like handing out meals and like, he's just a, he's a good person who had an uphill battle this year. And I think was also playing slightly injured I really don't think he fully recovered from that. Um, and, you know, when you have everybody siding against you, you kind of lose all hope that it's going to get better. So I'm like, you said, I'm happy that he can get away from it now because mm -hmm. everyone was just piling on and I'm just rage scrolling Twitter, like <laughs> getting so angry because everyone is just addicted yeah. to him. Um, so I just hope that at the end of the day, he can do great elsewhere. A change of scenery will be really good for him. And the White Sox can see exactly what they missed out on by being stupid and not having a backup for him. So we don't get angry mail from the uh, dear departed and beloved uh, Keelan Ballou. Uh, and we do not offend our double A franchise. It is uh, Alabama. He hails from and does That's his right. work in, uh, not Georgia. So we, uh, sidestepping that, um, just a, um, a administrative note there. Uh, Joe, thoughts on, again, somewhat, you know, maybe the, the, the strategy of it. Because clearly, uh, you, you, I think we've all alluded to it. Chris, you just alluded to it. Listen, we have lost now Liam, whether he's one or not. Okay, let's say he's one. 
our number two community guy, our number two good guy. I know he's got you know, other things, yes, but in terms of what he did, um, let's not even speculate in the clubhouse what he did in the community. We're, we've lost our number one and number two players in the roster on a team that can't afford, could not afford to. They need to add those guys. Um, you know, sorry, Benintendi, you know, got to step up now, What, whatever. Andrew Vaughn, you know, wake up, let's do something. Because those were like the two guys. I mean, Dylan Cease is the other star on the team. You know, no, just on Dylan, he's he's busy ripping open baseball cards, not necessarily doing the sorts of things that uh, uh, Hendricks and, and Anderson very clearly uh, and publicly uh, done for their own communities um, at home and certainly for Chicago. Uh, that said, Joe, strategically, any any thoughts to because you know we can also trace again. We've alluded to it, the trickle down effect, which means somebody's playing shortstop. Ain't, it's not going to be a real short. It's not going to be somebody brought in. Uh, it's going to be somebody from the system, and you know, I guess it's Lenin. Um, yeah. O okay, <laughs> you're not happy with minus two war in 2023. Well, let me introduce you to minus two war in 2024. Uh, Joe, what's your what's your take on? I mean, I I think I agree with the decision here, um, Justin. That's I, I know that yeah. There's definitely a shortage right now of shortstops um, within the organization, and it's also a pretty poor free agent class for shortstops. They're going to have some poor performance there. Regardless, yeah, may, yeah, maybe Anderson um, would have gone gone on to turn it around next year um, from you know the version of him we've seen in the past year and a half. Um, I just think at that price tag, like it's completely understandable to mm -hmm. um, to do what they did, um, and yeah, like I think it's possible that you know he's the biggest bargain from the shortstop free agent class this year like that that's definitely reasonable to say that mm -hmm. i think just from you know, i don't know yeah. like ahmed rosario like you know uh kike hernandez like there there aren't really that many names here yeah there's some stealing for sure yeah, yeah. um so yeah i just think yeah with the gap between like the buyout and how much he was owed being 13 million that i think was a little bit too steep given mm -hmm. the way that he has performed lately um, but yeah, obviously I can't emphasize enough yeah, how thankful I am that he played for the White Sox. And, um, you know, there are, there's only, I would say a short list of players who I would say, you know, I, I would cheer for no matter where they went. And I, yeah. I think Anderson has oh, yeah. done enough to, to earn that yep. spot for yep. me. So yep. yeah, even if, you, even, supporting him. even if you stick talks us for sure. Yeah. You, you gotta just, you gotta just uh, tip your cap on them. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the spreadsheet Joe whisperer here and say, you know, from the White Sox standpoint, they can pay $750,000 for negative two war production. They don't need to pay $14 million for it. Of course, of course, the White Sox are going to decide that. And, you know, there's a lot of other things involved there, but I mean, that's probably really what it boils down to here. And they weren't really, they weren't uh, willing to bet on him. This, this is for, I mean, this was a God, we cannot emphasize enough. It was a God awful season. I'm not talking about any of the other stuff getting, getting you know, whatever, getting, getting floored um, by that good guy, Jose Ramirez or off field, whatever stuff. Um, it was a god awful season for him, but it's his only one. You know, oh, yeah, he's not a great defender. At okay, hey, no, he's not, but he still is a positive war guy uh, in spite of that. Um, so, yeah, you know, forget it. I, I think, I think, I think he, I think he should have come back. Okay, um, we have predictions on record 
early predictions already from Dante and Joe. Haven't got one from Crystal yet. We're going to revisit that. Uh, but first, I'm going to say I'm going to promote because what do we do but promote here on Southside Sox and Sox Populi because we just got so much stuff going on. You know, it's a muted off season. It's been a muted season. It's hard to be a White Sox fan. I'm struggling with it as I'm speaking on this podcast right now. I'm feeling pain in my body talking about the White Sox and promoting them because it's not, this isn't natural. This is wrong. If I had any sense, I would not be speaking to all of you dear listeners about the Chicago White Sox. The hell am I doing? That said, I mean, there are things we do. We we committed to predictions before the season. I believe 20, 22 of us did. Uh, some of whom aren't even with it, just like last year. Some of whom aren't, didn't even last the season with us. Uh, I'm compiling the, 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 the supercomputers in uh, Southside Sox Central are just overheating and uh, and churning over time to figure out who did the best job of predicting. This week, at some point, probably probably a few days from now, we will be doing a little podcast uh, with maybe these three delightful people, uh, hopefully maybe, maybe a few more, uh, so there can be more shouting and, you know, um, fistfights and, and, and um, house pet cameos, et cetera. And we can go on for like two hours because that, that will like be our podcast for the whole off season because I don't know what else we're going to talk about. We will, do the, we will do our predictions podcast. That will be this week. That said, um, as we've been talking here about the roster, I mean, there's no spot you can really trace catching, starting pitching, bullpen, first base, left field. There's no clear improvement on the horizon at any spot. It could happen in some places. It's got a really shortstop. Can't, I, I, you know, as much as I'm making jokes, I don't think it can be as bad as negative two war. Okay. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Lenin and Popeye. Okay, fine. But there's just no clear improvement. Every spot is going to maybe stay about the same or take a step back. That said, that would say the White Sox are going to lose more games in 2024. I have gone on record. I even got the number wrong because it seems like such a high number as to be unfathomable that 106 losses is the franchise record. But yes, in 1970, when I didn't even know what I was getting into and my father fixed a cap on my head before I could say no, um, that was the year. This year, this coming year, I have said it's going to be worse. I am saying 107. I believe if I remember correctly, Joe was low to mid 90s. 98. Dante. Oh, wow, 98. Oh, jeez. Angry Joe. Okay, all right, 98. But an improvement. <laughs> Three game improvement. Dante, oh, it was 90s. It was 95. Do I have you right there? Was that? Yeah, once I said 95 L's. But okay. um, they are starting to make me lean towards 100. Okay, the slide has begun. All right, we are. We let's face it, we are all sliding now slowly into the sea. With White Sox fans, it's happening faster. So I'll put the spotlight on Crystal here, or exclusively uh, thoughts. Uh, given that you were one of the low pickers for 2023, and darn it, you still missed by a whole bunch of losses. Yeah. Uh, Crystal, what are, is your thought? Uh, early, early, because a lot of stuff in the offseason is going to change things yeah. uh, for the 2024 loss total. Um, I believe I said in Slack when they were, uh, you know, they might just be stepping back. Uh, it was going to be 99 losses. Okay. And I really think that's a legitimate answer. Okay. So improve, so so positivity, improvement next year from the three of you. I'm the only curmudgeon saying, oh, God, it's it's going to get worse. I, man, I just, I, 
absolutely do not see how they're going to, the division's at least slightly better. The schedule is no benefit. Uh, there are no, there are literally no, well, almost literally no pitchers. Dylan was better than he appeared, but he's, as far as I can tell, can only pitch every five days. Uh, bullpen, okay, closer Gregory Santos, which is like one of the spots of strength. <laughs> uh, no catching, at least no offensive catching. Uh, first base, okay. <laughs> Middle and <laughs> This is so sickening. It makes me think, what am I doing? Um, so am I missing something among any of the three of you that would see this team other than just like dumb luck? It's not going to be that Pedro Grafal is going to be a better manager or Chris Getz is going to be a better general manager, I don't think. But is it just the law of average that says the White Sox have to slip upward a few games? Because Joe and Crystal, I think both are at, well, Joe, uh, Crystal 99, J- Joe 98, Dante might have already revised to 115. He's begun his slide, but he's still in the 90s. So this is improvement. I mean, it's trivial improvement, but uh, explain to me again, Joe, or or, or any of you, uh, uh, the logic that this team is somehow good. Technically, I mean, you're saying it's going to be better by, say, a few games. Um, I'm going to say, I'm looking at their, like, current, and it, it's really not. <laughs> Sorry. It's you really got thumbs not, nearby? <laughs> not pretty. Um, but I'm going to say that um, Tukey is going to be the ace. Okay. And um, once Romy Gonzalez comes back from his injury, he's just going to go on a tear. Okay. Um, yes. We have been Romy free pretty much for 2023. Yeah, that's, that's why. Uh, okay. 2023 was miserable because there was not enough Romy. And Andrew Benatendi is going to hit a career high six. Runs this season, man! Wow, that that you've made a case for two more wins. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, You know, technically, I'm only asking for losses. I mean, in the past, there have been ties. Um, I mean, Crystal, your prediction could be 99 losses and like 40 wins. There just might be a bunch of games that don't get played. So, I mean, you know, this is sort of a trick question. But yes, I guess the 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 premise of the question is 162 games. Uh, how many will uh, the White Sox lose? Now, Joe, uh, again, you're just like, it just has to be that they slide forward a, a, a little bit. For what it's worth, the team as it did, as it stands right now reminds me a lot of the 2023 Oakland days with Luis Robert Jr., though, um, which would have them be about a 107-loss team. Um, <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, I mean, Oakland... <laughs> Oakland lost 112 this year, and um, so if we just add five wins to that um, for Robert's five war, then that would put us at 107. I, I do think that just from currently having pretty much no starting pitching on the roster for the most part, there are so many spots to fill over there. Um, the bargain bin additions that they will make will add a few wins, and with, you know, with a very low effort, low monetary commitments, they'll they'll get a few more just from having some kind of semi-serviceable people um, on the on the roster. Um, and yeah, I, I think uh, we we could see some steps forward. I mean, Andrew Benintendi, like, yeah, he he'll do a little bit better um, next year. I mean, he was definitely a disappointing player in 2023, but I mean, he's still 
relatively young. He's not, he, you know, I don't think his best days are behind him. Um, you know, I think I'm not ready to call that signing a, a bust yet. Um, Vaughn, I could see making some step, some step, steps forwards. Um, I like, there are a few areas where like, the bottom just completely fell out in 2023. So from that standpoint, yeah, a little bit of a you know law of averages thing. You know, some thing, some players will perform better than projected next year. It's bound to happen. So I think that's where my thinking is. Don't get me wrong; they'll they'll be bad though. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I I just tuned out everything you said after you validated my prediction of 107 losses, which does qualify as the highlight of my Southside Sox life. Joe Reeses, Superman math. Joe Reeses validating the incredible mathematical ability c- computer like of one Brett Palantini. Okay, I can now I can really drop the mic and retire now. So <laughs> sorry everybody, I'm not doing it anymore. Uh Dante, we're in the portion of the podcast where I'm not asking anyone to show their work. Although I think in the future in this offseason I'm gonna have to ask some folks to show their work because like Joe just juggled a few wins, you know, like he said they're gonna they're gonna get some bargain basement arms to add a few wins, which I guess will cancel out redacted few few wins like somehow god help us all he you know he he did have a, a significant war um but anyway i i'm not asking anyone to show math yet so i don't need any of the back of the envelope stuff from you but uh just in terms of uh your vibe and again i understand you're sliding south uh in terms of the lost total uh the thought at least right now where the white Sox might be slightly improved uh where's that coming from um i can see slight improvements simply because if they don't sign anyone like too bad and they just send Luis out there and Benatendi does better and Andrew Vaughn can actually play sure. first base and Yoan Makata and Eloy Menes can stay healthy, they could be better. Okay. Those are big ifs. That's why I'm like, it's sliding right now. But those are possibilities because at the end of the day, Yoan Makata, Eloy Menes, Andrew Benatendi, and Andrew Vaughn are all MLB caliber starters, like they're all like two plus war players at their best, specifically Mancada and Jimenez. So it could be worse because it's the White Sox and I don't trust Chris Getz with anything in life, but it could be better. And like I said, I started off at 95, we're leaning towards 97 and we might go lower. We'll oh, yeah, what- we might. We might. Okay, I'm calling Dante's the autopilot and hope we don't uh, drive into the viaduct. I'm calling that. that That's his plan. Joe is, I hate spreadsheets plan. I'm a, you know, I hate math. I'm not going to pay any attention to math plan. Crystal's is, um, I'm I'm already feeling a little nauseous. I actually don't want to think too much about it because I'm going to get really, really sick. So I'm going to just say this for now. Uh, I am allowing all of you do-overs as the offseason goes on. And I believe you are going to take me up on those get-out-of-jail-free cards. And you will come and see the... Ah, the the lobotomized desert island living that 107 lost predictions give you. Because clearly, as this podcast would prove, and as all my work on site proves, you know, I I just don't care. Um, You know, I'm I'm, I've broken three, I've broken free, and uh, so now you know. I'm just a guy. So I'm just a guy hosting this podcast, saying that though we predicted that this was going to be at least half Willow O'Keefe. Uh, barking podcast. The entire second half was supposed to be that musical accompaniment. It did not happen. Extraordinary. So I think I, I I figured it out. I have to predict it every podcast, and then it'll never happen, Crystal. So that that's that's sort of. Can you come on every single podcast <laughs> I've ever either hosted or been a part of? Pet sitter. Rep 
in the last <laughs> almost year now. She's been interrupting podcasts since February. <laughs> now that's a tagline. That's a business card. Um, all right. Well, um, in just a matter of a boy, uh, we're we're peering into the future, but in just a matter of a few days, we will have our predictions podcast where we visit how wrong we were by a lot of things. Um, early leaders, I believe, I believe Hamster might have been leading the pack. I know I was in the top five. Joe, maybe what? Oh, Dante was. Um, although Dante, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't factored in the extra um, penalty you get for pricking the Cubs to do anything good. So I didn't factor that in. So you might actually, you, you might slip a couple spots that because I just, I mean, I have to arbitrarily. I mean, that that's the rule. I mean, Southside Sox, that's the rule. I'm sure they do the same thing. I bleed Cubby, whatever. Um, but uh, we will get to that in a few days. We'll we'll post some you know results or revisitation online as well. Because what else we're we going to talk about for? We're going to talk about new players or I don't think they can get rid of any more beloved White Sox figures. Although again, I've just now issued the challenge by uttering that out into the universe. So There's sorry, something. Harold, your uh, statue's coming down. Uh, I, I would briefly like yes. to mourn the loss of Yasmani Grandal because the okay. girlies that get it, get it, Janice, Colleen, Keelan, <laughs> we're all going to miss his batting stance and sitting behind home plate um we'll miss that and i also just would really like to celebrate the fact that um someone took his own trash out he's he's gone (laughs) (laughs) yeah watching the world series was really hard with chapman and he wasn't even on our team um so if we could just celebrate one less abuser. Yeah. I mean, I, the only reason that's not the, the headline of this podcast is because it's like, oh, man, I'm just ah, I'm just grimacing, waiting for like some kind of bad news. But yes, yeah, while we we're can. We're going to pay him $20 million, actually. Yeah. The thing is, he's not worth a headline because he's an abuser and he can go fuck himself. Yeah. And, and, and Crystal, I understand the unknown that you and and the crew are, are are thrust into now with the absence of Yasmani. And the thing is, you know, you know, someone's right coming right around the corner to to sort of fill that role. But it's it's right now. It's it's the unknown. It's it's that you don't know who it's going to be, how soon it will be, what form you know he will take. So I understand that that's that's an uneasy feeling. I still remember jumping for joy, making a pie for Thanksgiving and running into the other room saying, we got Yasmani. Remember how cool that was? He and jumped like, the market. The one time he jumped the market did a guy and I was like, oh, I cannot believe this happened. I was so happy. I will defend him as well until the day I die because I love him so much. Um, but his assets will be sorely missed. <laughs> Yasmani Grandal, the, the, the one time the South side, whatever you want to call this podcast was actually talking to a real White Sox player. No, thanks to the White Sox. They don't facilitate any of this as the lockout ended. Uh, and that podcast got, you know, 80 listens. So yeah, go figure. You can never really predict how things go. I was thinking, Oh my God, we have a 10,000 listen podcast coming out and everybody just moved on to, okay, baseball's coming. Who cares about? Yes, money. Uh, you know, Keelan, Janice, Colleen, 
crystal aside. But uh, okay, yeah, it's the unknown. Yes, we, we are definitely in, in so many ways in this offseason, in this White Sox fandom, into the unknown. So uh, stick with us, you dear listeners and viewers. We will continue to explore the cave of the unknown uh, in just a few days when we review our predictions for the 2023 season and then whatever else comes. I don't know what it is. That's the terrifying and exciting part. I don't know what we'll have to grouse about next. I don't know when I will challenge uh, these guests or other guests to show their work on their somehow less than fewer than 107 loss predictions for 2024. There's a lot of fun still to come. I don't know if I'm going to be having that fun. I don't know if any of my dear guests are going to be having fun during that time, but we are going to try to muscle through and provide you the content that you've come to know and love, or sometimes, well, often just outright ignore from Southside Sox. We'll be here. And in just a few days, we'll be talking predictions and there'll be howls of derisive laughter mostly because we got a lot of things wrong uh and that's always fun to revisit um anyhow uh thanks crystal thanks dante thanks california joe uh for making the time and to properly send off best we can tim anderson and liam Hendricks. uh wow it can actually get worse we find out <laughs> on a almost daily basis the white Sox. it can get worse uh well just keep redacted away. And that's one little piece of sunshine that we can cling to all off season and throughout 2024, no matter how many losses there are. Um, I'd rather have a 107 loss team without that guy on it than whatever we were supposed to have with him on it. So uh, anyhow, we'll see you in a few days. Uh, hang with us. We're doing stuff, top prospect stuff, you know, whatever. We're, we got content. Uh, hang with us and we'll have some more fun stuff podcast wise in just a few days.